You're listening to the Tibetan way of dealing with death. This article was first published in medium.com's publication, The Nature of Mind. Tibetans consider death as an ongoing transition in the cycle of life. Thinking about death, which is imminent, reminds us about the preciousness of our lives and encourages us to live meaningfully in the service of others. As a Tibetan community organizer, I've helped many Tibetan families organize last rites and cremation for their loved ones in New York. One thing that strikes me most is how Tibetans deal with death. Instead of the end, we treat death as a send-off. This thinking proves to be beneficial for both the dying and the living, and the goal is to have a peaceful and regretless death. I'm writing this post not to compare with other cultures, but rather share my personal experiences in the hope that it may help someone, somewhere. Tibetans believe that expert Buddhist practitioners are known to be happy at the end of their lives. It is a chance for a new life and more time to serve others. Serious practitioners have no reluctance about death, and the regular practitioners have no regrets. We treat death like preparing someone for journey. Tools and instructions are provided before and after death for the dying person and the family members. Once it's clear that the person is not going to survive, there is no clinging to life. Preparation for the trip starts immediately, even before the person is dead. I, like many Tibetans, was introduced to the idea of impermanence from my childhood. Limitless in its application in daily life, death is the most critical example. However, Tibetans do not morbidly talk about death. To take the life of any sentient beings, including ourselves, is strictly forbidden. A vivid illustration of impermanence and non-attachment is the Tibetan Buddhist San Mandala. Though it has more profound and higher meaning, it demonstrates the dissolution of everything on the most basic level. Monks painstakingly create the San Mandala one grain at a time for weeks. The elaborate and highly detailed art created by sand is a thing of beauty. Every time I look at the San Mandala, I visualize my family and friends in it, my possessions and the fun memories I have, the beautiful people I've met. I tag every object on the mandala with people and things in my life. It is a picture of my life drawn on sand. Then the monks sweep the mandala and pour it down the river, returning the sand to its source. The first time I envisioned my life on the mandala and the monks destroyed it, I wept. The experience had shaken me to the core. Buddha's most important teaching was his death. The realization that the end is imminent no matter who you are forces us to reflect upon our present life. At the time of death, Tibetans in the West, because of scarcity of monks and monasteries, follow some necessary steps. 
Once the facts are clear that there is no chance of revival, family members accept it and start the preparation. We clean the room and place a large picture of Buddha or His Holiness the Dalai Lama on the wall directly facing the dying person. We invite experienced seniors or Buddhist monks to counsel the dying person and his family. The core counsel is generally to practice altruism and let go of any attachments, clear the mind and prepare for the journey. In the absence of such a teacher or senior, we play teachings of the Dalai Lama on YouTube. The basic idea for the large picture, clean room and the council, physical or through the internet, is to help the dying person from getting distracted. What he will see, smell and hear at the end of his life. After the person passes away, we consult astrologers to finalize the cremation date and time. In the West, the funeral home takes the body and the monks continue to recite Buddhist scriptures at home. The family rarely gets time to mourn because of all the activities. Friends and family gather at the crematorium and pay their final respects with a white scarf known as kata. It symbolizes sincerity, goodwill and compassion with no cynical motives in mind. You will hardly see anyone openly weeping or mourning. Cremation takes place and then tea and snacks are offered. Attendees offer condolence money in a white envelope to help with the cremation costs and to perform charitable activities on behalf of the deceased. The cremation is the end of the person in this life. How peacefully the person died and how well the cremation went is often a topic of congratulatory discussion with a great relief. Buddhist monks perform rites for the next 49 days. The person remains in Pardo. Tibetan Buddhists believe that Pardo is the state between death and rebirth. Extreme mourning and sadness of family members during this time worry the dead. Therefore, family members are advised to remain composed and carry on with our daily lives in a meaningful way. After the 49 days, the deceased's possessions are donated or thrown away. Just like the sand mandala, the person is gone now. We move on and focus on what is present. In conclusion, anything that has a beginning must end. Thinking about death just before we die is a bit too late. The best period to prepare for death is when we are alive. And the best way to prepare is to live meaningfully in the service of others. We are trying to keep this program free of commercials. If you would like us to continue our work, please show your support at patreon.com slash the nature of mind. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash the nature of mind or follow our publication on medium.com again the name of the publication is the nature of mind thank you and take care <laughs>